Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Sunday, January 23rd, 2022, and this is day 1408 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you, we praise you, and honor you above all others. Thank you so much for waking us up to see this brand new, beautiful day that you created just for us. Father, I pray that you will help us to go forth and fulfill the purpose you've given us for this day. I ask that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is still got some residue, uh-huh, still got some always hanging on to you that are just clinging to you like glue that just doesn't want to relieve itself, does not want to uh, go away. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about someone else that that happened to. We're talking about Abraham still. It's been some good stuff, good um good material, good word of God to learn from and apply to our own lives. And uh, we all have something. As long as we're in this earth, we're always striving to be like Christ. And if he lives in us, then it is not hard to do. Uh, But there will be some things that he will show us through the power of the Holy Spirit that's still clinging, that does not represent him, that we need to let go of. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start in Genesis chapter 20, starting at verse 1 through verse 18. Now, Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while, he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham said of his wife, Sarah, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are go- you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And did, didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. He's saying, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. They both told me that this is my sister. This is my brother. (laughs) Verse six. Then God said to him in the dream. Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is such a powerful statement. Um, That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife. For he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Oh, my goodness. God is showing great mercy here, though. I'm telling you. He's letting him know what will happen. Uh, he's letting him know that he, he, he did not allow him to touch her. He knew his conscience was right. And 
He's letting them know what will happen if he do touch her. And he's had mercy upon on him and, and the whole uh, country. Verse 8 says, Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials. And, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abimelech, I mean, Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. So Abraham did it out of fear. And she was very beautiful. This is the other thing. It said he did this once before. And that was one of the reasons because he said because Sarah was very beautiful. Now they were much older. Now Sarah had already encountered the two angels sent from God in the previous uh, chapters and and she was much older. I mean uh, by this time, maybe about 90-something, and, and Abraham, too, uh, maybe 100 by now, because by the time they had Isaac, uh, their their child, um, they were, you know, up in age. <laughs> says Abraham was 100 years old. I'm looking at it in uh, chapter 21 now. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, and, and so uh, he was, uh, she was up in age, but, uh, you know, she was still uh, someone that, uh, another person would want the king wanted her and had added her to his harem and and when they had a harem all the women uh would you know have their day with the king <laughs> to be in the bed with the king i'll keep it at that verse 14 then abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to abraham and he returned sarah his wife to him and abimelech said my land is before you. Live wherever you want. To Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother <laughs> a thousand shekels of silver. So, okay, even though he, she was like his half-sister, it was done in a deceptive way. Okay, he used that as fear because she was actually, you know, more so than anything, his wife. Uh, so this king is giving him all kind of riches to get him away. And, and you know, because they had the fear of God upon them because they knew God was with Abraham. And it says to Sarah, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. That is amazing, right? So for that time, uh, that, that short stint of time, God closed the wounds of all the women uh, and 
and they would not be able to have children, which would be devastating to a kingdom because it's based upon you need to have lots of people in your kingdom. You need especially lots of men uh, and in order to stand against the enemy. Okay, so point number one. Temptation is alive and well. Temptation to sin comes from our enemy, Satan, and uh, within ourselves. He usually tempts us in areas where we're most vulnerable. So the weapon that Satan uses, I'll never forget a gentleman, uh, uh, a deacon shared this with us, Tis, T-I-S. So Satan comes to us with the, the acronym of Tis stands for Thoughts, Ideas, and suggestions because he can't read our mind. You know, he's not everywhere at the same time like God is. So he goes by our behavior. He knows what we like. He knows what tempts us. And he'll use the same old thing over and over again. So it comes in thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Even as someone on fire for the Lord, doing our purpose and obeying the Lord, Except in one area that has not been totally surrendered to God. We can be tempted in that area. It could be lying uh, like Abraham when fear comes up on us. It could be an addiction to gambling or alcohol or, or any of those things. Um, I remember a teacher <clears throat> telling me, this was a few years ago, uh, I was uh, working in her classroom and they they set her up, you know, it was really bad because the school uh, did not know how to handle a group of young men. So they put them all in one room. Uh, to me, it was like putting them in a prison. They taped the window. I mean, they taped the the window and the door with uh, with tape so they couldn't look out. And it may have been about 10 to 12 little boys, little black boys that were in the classroom uh, because they said they acted out too much and the other teachers uh, were having a hard time teaching their classes, so they didn't even want them in the classrooms. So they segregated them uh, and uh, isolated them in a room and had teachers come in there in that classroom to teach them. So they had one teach one of the teachers that would go in there to teach them it was really hard because the the young men were acting out because they didn't want to be isolated. They wanted to be with the rest of their classmates. So what it made it extremely hard for those teachers that had to go in and teach the that class. And this one teacher in particular, it was really rough. And she just poured out to me and was telling me, Jackie, this this is not what I signed up for. Um, you know, I'm I I. And then she started telling me how she was a, a recovering alcoholic and how, you know, it it really just triggers those triggered those thoughts again. Now that she's in that place of just like frantic, worried, uh, upset, and, and it made her want to go back to those old ways. And she said um, she went to Alcohol Anonymous or something like that. And, and her father was an alcoholic, she said, and. She said when she went to the class that they told her that once an alcohol once an alcoholic always an alcoholic even when you quit. 
And you know what? This is what the world system does. That is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Because if you know Jesus, you're saved, then you're delivered from that. And you're no, that is no longer a blemish. That is no longer, should no longer be something that will tempt us. Satan will use it to try to tempt us. But what we have is the power through the Holy Spirit, uh, through the word of God to overcome that situation. So we're no longer that, uh, you know, it's just not true. According to the word of God, we speak those things that are not as though they are. Well, when I say it's not true, that we're always that once we're delivered from that sin, we're no longer uh, that. And we're no longer once we stop practicing it, but we need to not say, I'm always this way. No, you're not. Um, and so we have, we speak those things that are not as though they are. So I am not an alcoholic. I am delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. That's what we say. The Bible also says we hold the power of life and death in our tongues. We can speak life to ourselves and to others, or we can speak death. It's our choice. So our words are powerful. Those words from that organization that says once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Those words are powerful spoken over the people like that. That and and really they believe that and they become that. So they're always struggling with that that peace in their lives and and even people that have accepted Jesus. That mindset has taken a, a strong hold upon them. So. Jesus came so that we could be set free through the blood of Jesus. We've been made free. Uh, We've been delivered. And now it's just a matter of us accepting that. Point number two, when we allow this, these sins to take a stronghold in our lives, we're actually a slave to that particular sin. It not only affects you, but many times those closest to us. I know a lady who doesn't even like being around her mother or even talking to her because of her mother's constant critical, uh, being being critical to her and downing her and uh, talking bad about her. She never speaks kindly to her or about her. Um, and so she's, the thing that she does uh, is she stays away from her mother and her mother says she's a believer in Jesus Christ. So that is residue from I don't know what happened to her mom. Maybe she, her mom went through the same thing growing up. Maybe her mother was very critical of her. I don't know. But my word to the daughter, and, and the daughter is grown um, older, you know, like my middle age. And uh, the one thing I would say to her is pray for your mom and you speak life over yourself. You are not those things that your mom is saying and, and you don't accept that. But you still love your mother um, and, and treat her kindly. Don't repay evil for evil. God said vengeance is mine. And we need to not let it uh, control us. And that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do. Again, what happens to one person, you know, in that household or in the family or, or even outside of the family. But most times it's those closest to us. They get the brunt of it, too. And it, and, it, and it can make them feel down or sad. So 
when you know Christ as your savior, he is your refuge and he will keep you safe from things like that. And we just simply have to call out to him. And and that's that's something that um, resi- that residue that she has not given to the Lord that with that mother, she's not totally yielded that to God. The Lord tells us to cast our cares unto him for he cares for us. This is a good, this is, this is um, good for the person causing the harm as well as for the person who's been harmed so that they don't allow this sin to continue to destroy their future generations. It doesn't destroy them or their future generations. I'll never forget, uh, and I've shared this story many times, but it's quite fitting, and the Lord said, share it today. Uh, while serving people at the church on um, on Sunday morning, so when we're in the church, we always have a meal on Wednesday nights before a Bible study. And we decided, let's do it on Sunday mornings, too. There may be people that come in that hadn't had a chance to eat so before service so you know they could eat and at that time this was a few years you know when i say a few years ago this might have been my goodness about eight years ago and at that time there were a lot of people that would walk up the streets and and um we would always have our doors uh unlocked so they can come in and have a meal on those days that we're there so on sunday mornings we would start earlier we had service starts at 9 30 and so we would probably start an hour early with a meal and uh, me and my mom and I think someone else was dishing up food. It was a group of young, uh, a group of gentlemen that would come in. They were older gentlemen. Uh, well, I would say like 40-ish they look like. And uh, you can tell that they had been, you know, hungover. Uh, I know what hungover is because I was once there too. <laughs> and uh, so... They seemed to be when they would come through, uh, you know, up all night and came in on Sunday morning, have a meal. And so one gentleman that would come on on a regular, we would see him and uh, he would be kind and and we were always kind to them. And so he was in line and I'm putting the eggs on his plate or whatever I was dishing up for him. And he says, you know what, ma'am? I'm like, no, sir. No, what? <laughs> he said, um, you know, I was going to rob y'all, uh, but y'all are just too too kind. I, I just can't do it. But um, I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, more eggs. <laughs> I didn't know quite how to take it, but I knew he was, he was, he was so, um, taken away I think uh not only could he not only could he not do the crime that he was thinking about doing that was like this leftover residue that was part of who he was uh at the time prior to knowing Christ because we would anybody that came through those doors always had the opportunity to accept Jesus as their savior but not only could he not do the crime but he confessed to us why he could not go through with it and that was some freedom there (laughs) But it really kind of blew me away. I I had no idea that that's what he was thinking, but that's what will happen. God will allow us to be so free uh, from whatever that was that would ail us or that would control us that we could even speak it to the person that we were about to do that to. 
uh, because of the freedom of Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, this is your day. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate. Oh, I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hey, I want to also make this little brief infomercial uh, that we are accepting clothing, um, shoes and purses uh, for our um, T-Zone boutique. And uh, it's Threads in Transition. My son gave me that name. I love it. Threads in Transition. And we'd love for you to participate and partner with us by donating any of your uh, gently used items. We will use those to sell in our boutique to help us continue the work of Transition Zone, which we call T-Zone, working with youth, teaching them life skills and workforce skills. So please uh, email me, go to our website, tzonekc.org. Leave a message if you have clothing you'd like to drop off or you need them picked up. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And, and once we're open uh, to the public, we will be open either the end of February or sometime in March. Uh, you will be able to come and shop on certain days and everything, the majority of everything in the store will be $5. We will have some up high-end items, uh, and we're also, our youth are, are doing their artwork that will be also there for sale on consignment. I've got a beautiful piece right now from Corel that a drawing she did. Oh my gosh, y'all, I'm looking at it right now. It is amazing. So it will be in the store as well. All right, so... Um, Please check that. Please uh, email us or, or go, go to the website, tzonekc.org, and let me know if you have clothing or items you'd like for us to pick up if you'd like to deliver. All right, Mighty Warriors, please don't forget to check us out on our uh, website, jackie.bikes at gmail, uh, jackiebikesministries.org, uh, J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-I-C-K-S, ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.